0: Daily Tennis News, Episode 238. What will be the most valuable brand in tennis after COVID 19? Find your aha moment right after this. Do the best you can with everything you got. Struggle day to day, cherish every fight you fought. Destroy all obstacles, remove the blocks. Got to stand strong can you do breakthrough can you move on you Wherever... Welcome back to Find Your Aha Moment. I'm your host Brian Lutz of backhandcity.com. Remember the tennis excuse you always used to use when you always decided you wanted to learn a new sport, you don't have enough time? Well, you forget that excuse. Check out my accelerator tennis system. It's a fresh start guide on how to play smart tennis. I'll include a link in the show notes. Or you can just simply log on to BackhandCity.com and check out my five-minute preview video. Accelerator Tennis System, a fresh start guide on how to play smart tennis. Well, today's topic, what will be the most valuable brand in tennis after COVID-19? Well, I've gone through 9-11, and I know the the brands and companies that survive are they have two common characteristics. First of all... They're very aggressive at trying to stay alive. And what do I mean about that? They're good at maintaining what their core competencies are, and they're super aggressive to try to continue with those, whether it's offering new services that pivot off of their existing revenue streams, or they're adapting and just starting new products and services. The other good things that I noticed people did in in these kind of crises is they reduced costs like crazy. They get rid of anything that's totally unnecessary that doesn't lead to surviving or developing new business leads. So let's look at some of the brands and how tennis kind of works from a trickle-down effect economically. First, we're going to start with the biggest brands in tennis, and those are the Grand Slams. So if you're lucky enough to have a Grand Slam in your home country, You've got the economic benefit of having that be a big driver. So we're talking about the Australian Open, the French Open, Wimbledon in the United Kingdom. And of course, here in the U.S. Open, the New York City's U.S. Open. Now, one of the interesting things about COVID-19 is these brands offer a lot of trickle down benefit to the economy of tennis. You can go down to the tennis associations that run these events, like the Lawn Tennis Association of of the United Kingdom or the United States Tennis Association here in the United States. So each of these kind of work hand in hand and they kind of feed the economy of tennis as you trickle down. I'm gonna go through all the different levels here and how people can pivot and adapt. And quite frankly, some aren't gonna survive. It's just kind of the way this is going. We're a month into this and there hasn't been a lot of economic relief and this is really going to be trouble for some brands that aren't able to adapt to this type of environment. So the grand Slams. let's just take the U S open for instance, they're in a partnership with the uh, New York city. In fact, you're seeing um, they're actually the story last year before the U S open was the U S open owed about eh, several hundred thousand dollars in back rent. They are in a revenue partnership with the city of New York. And it was, actually hotly contested uh, what numbers were accurate and what weren't. So they're going to negotiate, try to figure that out. So from a PR standpoint, the U.S. Open stepping up and turning this into a kind of a satellite hospital during COVID-19 should help mend some of those fences as there's some just natural organic outreach and goodwill. And hopefully they'll be able to solve that. But the U.S. Open makes probably over $300 million a year in revenue and you're looking at, you know, a tournament that's not being held or maybe it's held and they're talking about in in New York just holding an indoor tennis event. I think the GDP is just for our nation. You're looking at a 40 percent cut in the, the the amount of business you're doing. Wimbledon even collecting their over 100 million dollars pandemic policy that they had for their insurance policy they've been playing for the last 17 years isn't going to cover what they normally would have made in a full-fledged Wimbledon. So you're going to see a lot of these grand slams and the associated tennis associations really take some revenue hits and they're going to have to adjust and pivot their own budgets. And You're going to see this kind of trickle down to tennis companies. Let's take a Wilson here in the United States or a Babylon. These manufacturers that make tennis rackets. Well, they also make a lot of balls and clothing and apparel and accessories. And people aren't playing tennis because they're quarantined, so they can't consume the products that are necessary. So you're going to see an economic hit there. For instance, one of the big indicators for tennis participation is tennis balls. It's kind of a very basic um, Metric, but it's very accurate in the fact that if people are opening up new cans of balls, they're playing tennis. And if instructors are buying new cases of balls, they're teaching tennis. And if people are just going out and playing for recreation, well, guess what? You need tennis balls. So that's one of the things that I think is a big indicator. And just to kind of sidestep here, I know pickleball is very big in our country right now, and it's growing all over the world. And everybody says it's going to really take over tennis. And I think one of the flaws with pickleball is there's just not a lot to consume there because the balls are plastic and there's not a lot of things that need to be replaced and maintained. You don't need to restring your pickleball racket. So even some of these niche sports are going to have troubles. And it, it really trickles down to small business owners in the tennis community. You're talking about retail stores like tennis plaza or online with tennis warehouse and then all the service providers such as me who who teach tennis and offer stringing services none of that's happening right now and I remember after 9-11 when we were able to survive it and kind of follow through on that still being aggressive in the areas you can be and cutting back immensely there was a lot less competition out there at the end of that I guess tragedy you should say Finally, that that goes down to these grassroots programs and nonprofits, places that are going out into different communities and creating opportunities to grow the game, whether it's a New York Junior Tennis League or some sort of nonprofit tennis initiative in your community. They're going to be severely hitting it. And I know a lot of these places are qualifying for SBA loans, whether it's a disaster loan or a payroll payroll program. But at this point, the funds still aren't out there. And there's only so long these companies can survive without cash flow. And for some of them, whatever funds they may or may not get may be too little too late. And as most of these things, when uh, you're looking for changes and pivoting, it's going to really come down to startups and innovation. The one challenge with tennis is there's not a lot of startup innovation out sort of outside of racket technology. You see some push here in court inventory and booking systems. I think you could see a push in that as, as municipalities and clubs are going to want to control their participation in inventory, especially when their customers are very concerned about social distancing. And I think you could use some technology to help maintain that. And obviously, people can book their tennis courts on their phone, this is less reliant on a front desk or any sort of transaction with your credit card or cash. You know, So as you eliminate some of those jobs, you're also affecting the economy. So the short answer is we don't know what's going to happen. We just know those core competencies are that people are really cutting their budgets and we're going to need to see a pivot in innovation as people try to snake and navigate through this and figure out where the niches are. The other question will be is what kind of demand will people have for tennis once, it, once it, this COVID-19 is starting to decline and our government decides to let us go back out and play tennis? Are people going to be cautious because of, of the being years away from developing a vaccine or maybe a known medication? Or are people just going to wear masks and play tennis because they're just dying to get outside and they miss their sport so much. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Find Your Aha Moment. Don't forget to go onto iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast so you get notified each day with a fresh episode. And if you're looking for tennis partners once this coronavirus pandemic slows down, log on to backhandcity.com and join our website for free, where you can join our free Find a Tennis Partner service. All you got to do is click on the blog link and then find the join button. You could just simply enter your first name, last name, and email, and then once you're inside the dashboard, you can decorate your profile and start looking for tennis partners today. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Find Your Aha Moment. This is Brian Lutz of BackhandCity.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.